0: His love is incomprehensible. And that's the message title. I'm excited about this uh, message. It's uh, one that God laid on my heart, and uh, and as it developed in my heart, and uh, I, I see the parallels of how much God does love us. Uh, God's not afraid of us, and He certainly doesn't want us to be afraid of Him. And one of the great tragedies of the church, because I. I take my relationship with Jesus seriously. It's not a religion to me. It's not a Sunday check off the list. And I did my little civic and social thing. I went to church to worship the big man upstairs. When you have an intimate relationship, he's real in your life. And when you understand that, one of the great tragedies of the church is the average Christian failed to realize the opportunities that we have as a result of having the privilege of being followers of the Lord. I mean, think about it, that the king of the universe would give us an invitation to be his child and to know that he prepared a way, even though we are not Jews, most of us are not, that we could be grafted in by virtue of the life of Jesus in that we were Gentiles, and not biological, so to speak, but he gives us the same privilege. What does it mean to say we are the children of God? What does it mean that we are the heirs of Almighty God? What, What does it mean that we are the object of the God of the universe and beyond, anything ever known to man or not known to man, that we are the object of that kind of love? I mean, think about that for a moment. It raises your perspective that we are the reason why Jesus sacrificed his life. Now, when I think about that, I'm his child, I'm his heir, and that I'm the reason that Jesus died. And if I were the only one or you, that he would do it over again. He would die for you. Now, think with me in some parental process. Frame it that way. How much love do you think you can muster up for your children? And yet we know the Bible declares that the human love has limitations. God's love has zero limitations. It's wide open. When he says, I love you, he says, everything that I've ever created is yours. And of all the things that I've created, you are at the top of the heap. So can you have a genuine relationship in the way that we understand relationships in Jesus Christ? Is it possible that you can have that kind of of intimacy? And because of that, we have that similar standing that you would have with any of your children. If you're a grandparent, you sometimes use a phrase that now you understand the only reason you had children was to be able to have grandchildren. And how wonderful is that? And uh, you understand that. One of our grandchildren, Sidney Isabella, uh, went with us to lunch today. And so she thought she was going to spend the afternoon, and her mom called about 2 o'clock and said, I'm coming by to pick her up. She said to me, um, you know, I don't know whether she meant it or not, but I liked it. I don't want to go. I want to stay here with you. You know, I thought, well, I understand that. And so when her mom came, I really don't want to go. I don't blame her for not wanting to go. I take better care of her and her needs than her mama does. Her mama has to discipline her. I don't. Do you know what I'm saying? She loves me. You see, I don't want to go home. Well, at any rate, she was picked up and hauled off, you know. The love that God has. I want you to please stay with me for these few minutes, and I'm anxious to reveal what God has laid on my heart. It's an awesome story in the story of Abraham, and I preached about him many times, and his standing before God. If you can use your imagination for a moment, there was a moment, and in our text, that Abraham and God are communicating. And it is a one-on-one communication that God is having. I mean, the creator of the universe, with one man who wears sheep leather, just one man. And they have this conversation and God does this. He says about Abraham, I am going to place an inheritance and a potential inheritance into your lap. Now, what kind of trust does a God who's the heavenly father, all wise, never made a mistake? Never had to think things through because he already knows the end. And he says to a human, I'm trusting you enough to place an inheritance in your lap. Your people, you and your family are going to be great. Well, you think, wow, that really is unbelievable. And so the story is he's sharing his heart with Almighty God. Abraham stands there and it is a bold move. You know, not that I have these one-on-one relationships with Jehovah God. This is a bold move. It was unprecedented, the privilege that Abraham had at this point. It was almost unbelievable that any man could have a, a relationship or have a standing with God. And God uses this example and this story in Genesis to exhibit His love, His love for us. And here it is. It's the situation of Sodom and Gomorrah, and God has made the statement to destroy. And Abraham, in a moment of boldness, questions God. I don't know about you, that'd make me have a whole lot of fear and a whole lot of trembling. I'm afraid to question Sharon, much less God. (laughs) All with me? God, can you change the mind of the Lord? And if you thought you were going to change the mind of the Lord or get special favor from God, how would you go about it? How would you do it? On these prayer cards, how would you challenge God? on a particular issue in your life or your family, and say, God, you know, this is extremely important. I I need your favor here. I received text after service today, online audience, text, pray. I was watching, several watching this morning. Can you help me pray with this that God will change the situation? You dedicated this little girl. She's now grown. She's in trouble, and she needs help. I need you to intercede. I need you to do something. Well, sure, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do something. I'm, I'm going to pray and believe God. Well, I, I can do that. But think when you stand before God. And on these cards, when we pray, we have an audience, one-on-one with the Heavenly Father. So when we fast and when we pray, God gives us that privilege. What does it take to influence God for change and our text is going to help us. So here's the number one, I think, prerequisite to having that intimacy with God. It's faithfulness. Say that with me. It's say it again, please. It's faithfulness. It's faithfulness. Being faithful. Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation, and all the nations on earth will be blessed. What? Through him. They're going to be blessed through him. Now, there were no kings at this point among the children of Israel. Saul was the first king. That's farther down the line. Do you know who the king is right now, the rule of the universe? It's Jehovah God. And he says to Abraham, these people are going to be blessed through him. Here's the question. Why didn't God just bless them? He wouldn't have to do it through him. But what's God trying to tell us? I respect you as my child. I understand you that if I do everything without you, you do not learn, you do not mature, you do not appreciate, you do not understand. But when I come to your level of understanding, blessings are going to flow, and they're going to flow through you. What would it be if you knew that someone said to you, based on your life, blessings are going to flow into your family by how you live and you only. You say, Well, I better straighten up the way I live. Well, there's another side to that. What if he says blessings are gonna come through you? Well, what if you're not so good? What if you're unfaithful? Then does that mean that blessings are not going to come to your family? It could be, but here he says, Through you, the potential. Now, here's what I know let's just bring it down to our size. These cards have to have a voice. This fasting and prayer has to have a voice. You have that voice. You have that anointing. You have that dynamic favor that comes from God. God says, these prayers, many of them are going to be answered through you because you take it serious. Because you understand the value and the magnitude, don't just throw the card away. Oh my Lord, have mercy! I know this person; he's so stinking mean. Nothing will ever. Happen. It's going to happen through you. Look at it differently. It's the depth of God's love that we see. He's going to bring judgment on Sodom, Gomorrah. We know that, but before He proceeds with the judgment, He visits Abraham. What for? Study carefully. Fellowship. God loves to fellowship with us. Amen fellowship, just fellowship. And in the process of preparing to discharge that judgment, God asked this question in Genesis 18 verse 17, then the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham what I am about to do? You hear that? What I'm about to do, I'm concerned about how it's going to affect Abraham. I'm concerned what he thinks. I'm concerned about his opinion. I'm concerned about his heart. I don't want to, I don't want, I want him to be, if I do this, how will he respond? You see, the beauty of the king of the universe, he cares what you think. He cares how you process. He cares how you function. He he cares about your opinion. Don't ever disregard that. Okay, he's God. It's going to happen because he says it's going to happen, and I don't have a part in it. Listen, God brought us into the table of the universe because he cares for us, and he said, I trust you, and I'm giving you an opportunity to closely follow my will and help me touch the lives of other individuals. What are the characteristics? He was called the father of the faithful. What does that mean? A person who practices faith in their lifestyle. Every day, walks a, a faith. I practice faith. The practice of faith. Number two, person who's obedient to the will of God. God, I know what I, I want to do, but I, I want to be certain this is what you want me to do. Number three, I, I, I want to live under a godly authority. I don't want to live like some uh, person over here that charges ahead that I don't have authority. You can't tell me anything. I've heard from God. Let me tell you something. You're such a hot shot. Every one of us and every person ever created that God called should have an umbrella of accountability. Say amen. Amen. An umbrella of accountability. Here's something else. That person lives under that authority but is willing to sacrifice himself for God. How much of you are you willing to give up? Here it is. Abraham, here's what I want out of you. You've been faithful. But this is a big old test. I'm going to take that promised son and I want you to take him to the mountain. And I want you to offer him as a sacrifice. Well, now, that changes things. God trusted him enough that he was mature enough and dedicated enough. And he had the natural reaction I'm not telling Sarah about this. If I tell Sarah, it'll be more than she can think. I've heard from the Lord. Let's go, Isaac. Do you see how that works in the life of the individual? So here we go, Hebrews 11, verse 8, and then verse 13. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place, he would later receive his his inheritance, obeyed, and went. And even though he did not know where he was going, all these people were still living by faith when they died. They didn't receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. And they admitted that they were aliens and strangers on Earth. Your faith, our faith, is the foundation of our relationship with Jesus Christ. Faithfulness is the exercise that causes us to have that daily walk. I walk by faith, not by what sight. Walk by faith, not by sight. God, I'm willing to go there if you'll, if you'll, if you'll kind of tell me what's going to happen out there. God doesn't have to tell us anything. He just says, lay down your life, follow me, and don't worry about it. Being faithful to anything or anyone will always produce positive results. And being faithful to God begins when his attention to us through the power of obedience. And so it's found in the text, of Jesus teaching Matthew 25, his master, well done thou good and faithful servant. You have you've been faithful with a few things. Now, here's what, because you have been faithful with a few things, I'm going to put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. You might want to ask yourself the question, if, if many things never come my way in the way of favor and blessing, if many things do not come, then where is the problem? He says, hey, maybe you're not faithful with what you already have. For if you're faithful in a few things, then here's what is going to happen. It will be automatic. You will have favor in many things in your life. But to be faithful in a few things, you have to be dedicated to the task of following and serving after the Lord Jesus Christ. And far too many in the church world are not prepared to do that on a consistent basis. What if if I'm going to God and I'm asking him about this situation? Here's the second thing, humility. Humility. How many of you know someone who's humble? How many of you, <laughs> not many humble people in here. How many of you have to work at being humble? All I have to do is look in the mirror or get on the scales. Genesis eighteen twenty-seven. then Abraham spoke up again. Now that I've been so bold as to speak to the Lord, though I'm nothing but dust and ashes. He said, I I recognize who you are. I recognize my position here at this table. I'm dust and ashes. If if you're keeping an acute record, I don't deserve anything. If you're keeping score, I don't deserve anything. I don't deserve anything. No prayer would ever get answered. But God says, I don't don't love you because you do enough right things. I love you because I created you and you belong to me. And I'm not in the business with an agenda to get rid of my own creations. All I need you to do is to rise up. Once God acknowledges Abraham because of his faithfulness, he shares with him what his mission, unrestrained sin has come. And I'm going to destroy these cities so that no one will survive. The ruins of the destruction will serve as a testimony to all other generations. I'm going to stop this and stop it now. When I totally annihilate this part of the geography, people are going to know what happened. Hey, there was no holes barred. It was sin all the way. No, nothing was held back. Anything I read in my study numerous times, anything that was despicable to the human mind was already being done in Solomon Gomorrah. Think about it. How did they get there? It was a blessed place. Lot went there. And so here's what happened. He shares the mission. He says, I'm going to destroy the cities and there'll be no survivors. Well, these cities these cities belong to Abraham in his inheritance. Those were the places that God had already promised Abraham. It's going to be yours. And this moment is a situation that is very critical. You're going to do what? You're going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah? That was supposed to be my inheritance. Do, do you not know that Lot is there? My family, my nieces, my nephews and others, some of my close friends are there. Do you not know that? Abraham has reached that point. He's reached that point. Get this now. You don't have to be afraid to approach someone with a different point of view if you have a relationship with them. You only are afraid to approach someone with a different point of view if you're afraid of them. And what their reaction will be. There's some of you out there, you know that there's some subjects you're never going to approach in your business, in your marriage, in your relationship, because you know, hey, the minute that comes up, it's oh, Katie bar of the door, blow up. And the beauty of the kind of relationship that Abraham, he said, Hey, everything's on the table. I have the kind of relationship you can tell me how you feel and you're not going to get a negative response. I'm not going to be blown out of shape here. I'm not not going to give you the kind of, of response. I'm going to be understanding whatever you want to say. And Abraham had that kind of relationship with God. And so he says, that's what you're going to do. He began to question himself potentially. Well, what do I do? How do I approach the God? How do, what question should I ask? And, and what if he does reject me? I've never been in this situation. And if, what if my asking, God withdraws his promise? But the better part of his relationship ruled because God had already acknowledged Abraham's faithfulness. And when he acknowledged his faithfulness, it created a platform for Abraham to speak from. In that intimacy with the Lord as we pray, as we fast, there are so many things that's on Satan's agenda to do. And that agenda will be accomplished unless someone stands on the platform and talks to God and say, God, you're the only one that can break that stronghold. You're the only one that can stop that. You're the only one that can take a mess and bring healing to it with a miraculous miracle. Only God can take the bitterness and the root of bitterness out. And then it says, Abraham approached him and said, will you sweep away the righteous with the wicked? Will you sweep away the righteous with the wicked? Now you say, well, that seems like a reasonable question. Well, then frame this. God loved the wicked as much as he loved the righteous. But he said, surely, God, because the righteous rightwise with you have favor, not questioning your love, But don't you think they should have favor for being true? And God is about to give his answer. Abraham declared he humbled himself. And in his approach, he says, I have no right to exist without your permission. In his approach, he said, I'm not worthy of your visitation here. I'm not I am I'm I'm not I'm not deserving of all the blessings but I am thankful for every one of them. I have no standing or position. I'm not a high-ranking official. I'm just a vessel and I'm nothing finally but dust and ashes. Here today and gone tomorrow. You see humility will always Open the lock on any door, and it certainly touched the heart of God. Humility, how powerful is it? Proverbs 16, 19. Better to be lowly in spirit and among the oppressed than to share plunder with the proud. Proverbs 22:4. Humility and the fear of the Lord bring wealth and honor and life. Matthew 18:4. Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Humility works in your routine relationships. It works in this life, in the here and now. Humility levels the mounds of misunderstanding. Humility prepares an atmosphere for resolution and compromise. I'm humble here. Humility reduces the defense of an enemy. They're not coming to fight. They're just coming to talk. They have no hidden agenda. Humility promotes a desire communicated, heals a wounded spirit. I'm not out to get you. Humility turns the tide of challenge and circumstance. I'm dust and ashes. And you are God. I have spent myself and all that is within me to have this privilege to appeal to you. I'm telling you, according to this scripture, you have the privilege to stand tall in the presence of the king of the universe why because of your faithfulness and your humility and his love humility every time in your relationships will win over proud and haughty spirit and angry and resentful spirit it'll win every time abraham could have said i believe you're wrong well how does that work in your marriage how does that work with your co-workers i just believe you're wrong just the way you say it You've given me favor before, favor me now. I deserve it. I deserve this request because I've been faithful in a lot of things. James 4.10, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Finally, finally, prayer petition, prayer petitions the appeal in one's heart. What tool do I have? to integrate my relationship in with the king of the universe. It is my prayer. He hears when we take the cards, when we spend time and pray, Genesis eighteen thirty two. 32. Then, then he said, may the Lord not be angry, but let me speak just once more in his final dialogue What if only 10 can be found there? He's humbled himself, his prayer petition. One, would you destroy the righteous with the wicked? That's a thought. Will you judge, let's say that there are 50, how about 45? How about 40? How about 30? How about 20? How about 10? Out of these cities and the totality of the population, how about 10? And every time, God says, if there are 10 there, I will withhold judgment on Solomon and Gomorrah. In other words, every unjust Every sinful, every person that is wicked, those 10 will cause me not to bring judgment. Here's what you don't think of you have more power and more influence with God than you think. You have the ability to stand in the way of judgment on some people that you know, love, and trust. You say, how does that happen? It's proven right here. If you're faithful and you're humble, do you think God doesn't care what you think? Do you think he doesn't give you a visitation and say, I want to talk to you. You and I, I truly believe in the way that we live and we approach our faith that we have the ability to say, God, give me a little more time. Give them a little more time for me to work on them than work on them. Give me a little more time to stand in the gap because we see that in the Old Testament. I looked for someone to stand in the gap, and there were not anyone, there's not anyone there to stand in the gap. So you understand the influence and the standing that you have with God, the platform that you have as a child of God, not by your rights or your wrongs, but because he loves you. And now he says, stand in the gap. When you pray, I hear you. And I will answer prayer not because they deserve it. I will answer prayer because I enjoy granting your request. What about it? You think we have that? I think that we do. We often look at our circumstances as hopeless and saying, God doesn't really care. There is no hope. Things will never change. We have no available petition, but our texts prove numerous things. We have a standing with God. He delights in our presence. God's mind can be changed because He loves us and God will meet us at our need, and God is touched by our request. So I can prove that in Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. He is our high priest. Somebody say amen. Amen. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold what? Firmly to the faith we profess, for we do not have a high priest, who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are yet without sin. Let us then approach what? Approach the what? The throne of grace with what? Confidence. With confidence in faith and humility, determine, God, this is me. I'm asking this, and be serious about it, as you understand, so that we may receive mercy. What did, what did the people in Sodom receive? Mercy. That's what Abraham was asking for, for those that were unrighteous. God, mercy, if there are 10 there, and find grace to help us when? In our time of need. And here we are. We know what the needs are. And because of Abraham's petition, not all the cities in that area, could have been all, were totally destroyed. Sodom and Gomorrah were destroyed. Lot and his daughter were saved. And we have an example of our relationship with God that relationship that his love is incomprehensible. And so here we are. It's a simple Sunday night. But in heaven, there is no simple Sunday night. In heaven, in God's economy, and the spiritual atmosphere of God, he says, you just give me a little chance. Let me breathe on you. You get serious. You remain faithful. You pray sincerely. You approach my throne because I desire to extend my grace and my mercy to your need. I am your high priest amen let's give the lord a clap offering shall we thank you jesus amen here's what we're going to do we're going to go to prayer before we go to prayer and we take a few cards and we pray in our seat i just bowed your heads because i think it's important there may be those that are listening online and and thank you if you are those in this room who say, you know, I've got a little clean-up job. I need God to move first in my heart. I need Him to move first and clear the way. So I don't have the encumbrance of any baggage. I just want to be liberated, and I want you to, to move at will in my life, Jesus. So would you repeat this prayer after me, dear Jesus? I humble myself in your holy presence. I have heard you, and I sense you are here right now. Would you forgive me? I apologize. I've made bad decisions, and I need your forgiveness. And I believe by faith I do not have to work to be forgiven because you love me. So I believe by faith I am now forgiven. By your grace and mercy, in Jesus' name, amen. How many believe that we are clean as we're ever going to be right now? Amen. So they're going to play softly. I want to ask you to come down and get a card. Don't get a whole lot because there's not many. If you have a card, bring it, put it here. And in about 10 or 15 minutes, we'll have... A closing worship song doesn't take long go through the cards you may only get a couple of cards or whatever the case drill down on those cards see if you can read between the lines see if you can say wow I want to I want to really dig deep and let you reveal to me I am telling you there are a ton of needs in our church of people who need a resurrection miracle. And this is our time to trust God with that. All right. So let's just go to prayer. You can kneel, you can sit, you can meditate, you can get up and walk around, whatever you want to do, just come on down and we're going to take these minutes together. Shall we?
1: I look to you, my rock, my healer, I trust in you. in you. can't stay any longer. Your perfect love is casting our feet. Yes, it is, Lord. And you are the God of all power. And it is your will that my life is healed. Lift your voice. Sickness can't stay. Sickness can't stay any longer. i look to you my rock my healer I trust in
0: you I received a text right before service tonight from uh, a local pastor uh, Danny Applewhite over at Galloway Galloway Assembly I don't know what they call it now but he said uh, Wayne please pray I'm having a heart catheterization tomorrow and would you please pray also talk to my good friend carl stevens at faith's assembly of god in orlando and uh, carl has um, a challenge but i think because he was on a mission trip and contracted some disease anyway he's been living with it for 20 years a couple of years ago he's on dialysis every night So he has to be hooked up to the dialysis machine every night, wakes up every morning, doesn't get good rest, but still pastoring a great church in Orlando faith. But he gets a kidney transplant this coming Wednesday. And we're praying that God will bring him through that surgery and that what the devil thought he could attack and stun him, God help them find a match for his kidney so there is hope we have a high priest a man who understands so would you just take those remember Jan Sites as they continue to it's pretty pretty awesome Gary Sites is in the presence of the Lord I have the funeral of one of my mentors DJ Burrell on Tuesday this this Tuesday and uh, there'll be a whole group of ministers here. Pray that God will speak, and that we can honor Him and honor the Lord. And then do this: pray that, pray that our fasting and our time that we will be, we will be determined to believe God for His supernatural intervention on many of these prayer cards. And that god will be honored and you can help us with that by sending in testimonies or going online or just writing on the card testimony and tell us what it's about tell us what it's about maybe something just happened or something happened a little while ago but it happened because you know god intervened let's do that so would you stand heavenly father in your name we trust you we love you and we present now everything that we have to you We need your help. We pray, almighty God, we'll rejoice, that we'll declare the victory that is greater than the lies of the enemy, and that, God, we will behave in a way that we declare that victory. It says, in spite of the enemy's lies and his desires, we will not be deterred. We will win in Jesus' name. Do not forget tickets for the Empower event. If some of you ladies say, I just don't have the money, or you say, I can only afford $10. Tell them out there, give him your name. There are some of us and others that I know that I depend on to go to and say, hey, I got five or six ladies, I need some help here. Join me in helping. So we do not want any woman to miss because of the lack of finances. Is that okay? It just, that's, that's, if God's ordained you to be there and based on what I've heard for months now, the Holy Spirit could explode in that meeting. And so we're just going to believe God for that. So I love you, everybody. Behave as you leave the parking lot. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Here we go. Let's go, guys, on the song.